Uh, well, hello, good morning, happy Monday, everyone. Thank you all for joining us today. We are really excited to display NeoGov to you and all that we've been working on. Um, before I turn the floor over to Dovi Reed, who is our NeoGov implementation specialist, guru, connoisseur, um, whatever you want to call it, I am going to go through just a couple of highlights. Um, um, highlight points that I want to, sorry, I'm going to mute you, Hillary, um, that I want to make sure that everybody is aware of um, some really exciting things that we're going to be using the system for. Um, so first and foremost, just letting you know that this session will be recorded. Um, so we will be posting a link to whichever training that we think is the best and most useful for the group. Um, we'll be posting that to the internet via a resource site that we are creating. Um, so as soon as that link is available and ready to use, we will definitely be reaching out and letting everyone know. Um, so, but the session will be recorded just so you are aware. Um, one of the really exciting things that we are um, doing with NeoGov is we're having single sign-on. So you will not have to be required to memorize a username and password and everything like that, we will be sending you a link as soon as you are um, ready and active in the system. And you will be able to just save that link to your favorites. And anytime you do need to go into NeoGov to access your dashboard, you'll be able just to click that link and it will take you right to your dashboard. So you will not have to enter a username and password each and every time you log on. So um, that is a really awesome function that NeoGov has. Um, Something that we are very, very excited about is that all of our job descriptions are actually loaded into NeoGov. Um, NeoGov is going to be our job description repository. Um, so they will be accessible via the government jobs website. Loudoun will have its own government jobs career pages. Um, and that is where both internal staff as well as like prospective employees will be able to log in and see our um, job descriptions for the county. So that is something that we're super excited about. Um, that way you actually have those right at your fingertips and can access those at any time. Um, we will have a, this is something that you'll notice throughout the process is that we are trying to condense systems. So we will have something that we're calling our requisition process, and it's going to be serving two functions. So currently you submit an ATR in LaserFish, and that's your authorization to recruit. Um, and then you also submit a job ad into job apps. The requisition process in NeoGov is going to essentially serve for both of those functions. So again, like I said, condensing systems, which is really um, exciting and hopefully going to streamline the process, make it a little bit quicker for you. Um, so the requisition process, which Dovi will walk you through in a couple minutes, that is going to be your authorization to recruit, as well as all of the information for your job ad and your job posting that's going to go on the government jobs website. Um, something also that we are excited about that we haven't had the functionality of before is that candidates will be able to sort the job postings by category. Um, so whereas our job postings now, like we have to put temporary in the title in order for them to know that it's a temporary job before they actually go in and see the job posting, NeoGov allows us um, to have our candidates be able to sort the jobs on the um, government jobs website by temporary or full-time or seasonal or whatever it may be. 
Um, so that is another function that we do not currently have that we will be able to utilize. Um, they also, they meaning candidates, will also be able to set up job alerts. Um, so they will get an email when a job becomes available based on the job category. So if you're posting your job and it's in, you know, five different categories, administration and, um, you know, emergency services or whatever it may be, anything, any category that that applicant signs up for, they will get a an email saying, hey, this job has been posted and you can apply. Um, so that's a really great functionality that we'll be able to utilize as well. Um, something that is super, super exciting, and we know that you guys are just gonna love, is the self-scheduling in NeoGov. So you are actually able to set up um, time slots for your candidates to go in and pick via their government jobs account profile where they can pick their own interview times. So again, another mechanism for us just really streamline the process. Um, you're not playing telephone tag with candidates. You're not getting wrong email addresses or anything like that. They can actually just log right in to their government jobs account and sign up for an interview if you extend that out to them. So another thing that Dovi is gonna show you um, and walk you through today how to utilize that function in NeoGov. Um, it is going to be a lot of information that we're gonna give you today. So um, there are going to be training resources, two different places. Dovi will show you where they are in the online hiring center. Um, those training resources were um, created by NeoGov. So you'll have access to those as well as I mentioned, we were creating like a resource portal um, on the intranet. Those are gonna be more loud and specific resources that we are creating and then gonna be reaching out and giving you access to there as well. So there will be plenty of training resources for you to utilize. Um, the last thing is that um, I just wanna mention that we have an hour and a half for training. That is how much time we've allotted for today. Um, walking you through the process, Dovi's going to take about an hour, and then we have reserved the last 30 minutes for a Q&A. So if you do have questions throughout this entire presentation, don't hesitate. You can just put them in the chat, which is at the bottom right of the screen, and then we will address them at the end of the presentation. Um, you can also just write them down and we will give you time to, if you want to verbalize the question, if it's easier that way, um, you can do that as well. So we have allotted plenty of time at the end for Q&A. We want you to answer or ask any questions that you might have, um, but we do wanna make sure that we're able to show you the entire process um, from start to finish without a lot of breaking or interrupting. Um, so without further ado, I will go ahead and turn the floor over to Dovi Reed, who is our, our NeoGov guru. So take it from here, Dovi. Awesome, thank you so much for that, Angie. Good morning, everyone. Um, just wanna say thank you all for hopping on this Monday morning. Like Angie mentioned, we're just gonna go through the flow of your requisition process down to a higher workflow, uh, eventually hire somebody into the system. So where we'll kind of just start off is, going through your system first kind of showing the setup of how your system is set up and then we'll pop into my test environment to create the requisitions uh, and go through that higher process right from there can't you mention if we do have any questions please use the chat feature throughout the throughout the training if you would like or if you want to wish to hold them in to the end you can do that as well we'll go ahead and get started today if i do take a quick pause i may just be letting other people in so just bear with me one second and as we get started, I also go ahead and go through a slide deck of what we'll be covering today and then hop right into the system. 
So our agenda for today is to cover the OHC features, which is your online hiring center, which is where you'll be operating in uh, to make sure that you're moving your preferred candidates through your higher workflow. We'll also go over the functionality of the online hiring center. We'll review your current processes and touch on any areas that may, may need a deeper dive. And like we just mentioned, to use the Google chat feature and to find that features down at the bottom right hand corner, uh, you'll see a little notepad right there. It's next to the people icon and you can click on that and you can see any active chats that are going on as well as asking the questions that you may have right in there. So our topics for today are going over our roles and permissions, our settings, including your approval and hire workflows, any notice templates, offer letters, text message templates. We'll also be creating and viewing the requisitions, your job postings, the class specs, which are also called your job descriptions, and one of the, then we'll walk through a higher workflow once an applicant has been referred over to you. At the end, we'll show you how to access the training videos, and then that way you'll have those further resources from there. So bear with me one second. I'm gonna just stop sharing, and then we can pop into your environment just to go through a simple uh, walkthrough of your presentation. Perfect. So when we first log into your system, you'll log in, you'll be on your dashboard here. This is going to be the home page that you land on as you go throughout the, the modules and as well as going through the requisition process and just more so throughout the NeoGov uh, implementations as well as the useful of NeoGov. You notice that I have a lot more links and tasks that you may have if you've already logged into the system. What you do, you'll probably have your dashboard here and maybe the recruiting tab. There are some other modules that your county has purchased as well. So as those become available, you'll see a couple more links on the left-hand side that will open up. So just starting off, you have your task section right here in the middle. This would be any approval workflows or any actions that may need to be required for any types of approvals or any tasks that you may have to do. Over here to the right, you'll have your quick actions icons. Right now, we'll concentrate on the create requisitions and the view my requisitions. This is more so if you just want to kind of go ahead and get started or kind of see what's been assigned to you in your requisition process. Over here to the left, by clicking on this recruiting tab over here, it opened up more of a detailed view of what the recruiting process will be. So once again, you'll have your overview, which includes your task, any requisitions that are assigned to you, and let you know what status that they're actually in as well. You can also click on the My Requisitions section here, which will pop up any requisitions that are in the active status, draft, in progress, approved, and open. Active means that they're currently being looked at and the requisition process is happening. Drafts mean it's something that you may have created but may have not finished all the way through, so you may want to take a look to make sure those always show zero unless you're consciously aware that you may have to go back and complete a requisition uh, before you can get that started. In progress is once that draft has been completed, it will move to in progress, letting you know that there are approvals that will be necessary. Once those approvals have happened, they will move into the approved status. Once they're in the approved status, your HR team will then have to go through creating your job posting as well as your recruitment folder. And once they do that, that'll move it into the open status, which means your job is now out there and posted for people to start applying to. If there are any active job postings, you can click on the job postings right here to see any ones that are currently out there. Also, as well as any hires that you may have been part of, if you were part of the hiring team on that, as well as your job descriptions. 
So Angie had mentioned all the job descriptions are in NeoGov. So all of those you can find if you want to kind of take a look at them. You can go ahead and click on the job descriptions there and you'll see that there's a list of them here. A little over 700 in there. So you can take a look by searching. If you know the code or the job description title, you can go ahead and do that. If you want to view it, you just click on one of the links from there. And then from there, it will open up your detailed job description. Perfect. So that's more so just a high level overview of kind of like what you'll be seeing on a day to day basis and where you'll be operating out of. I also want to just take a quick sec to pop over into the online hiring center side. The drop down options that you've seen there, most may not have, depending on your permissions. You may have the dashboard and OHC, but that just depends on the permissions that your hiring team, your HR team is giving you. When we were talking about your approval process and hire workflows, those are defined out. And as you're going through the process, we'll be able to see them as well. But I want to show what your process looked like just to make sure everybody's kind of aware of how those approvals work. So you see there's a hire approval, an offer approval, a PRCS approval, and a requisitions approval. All of these are those steps that may need to have approvals taken. So you'll notice that down below, it gives you the departments and some of the people that will be assigned in those approval processes. Most be about the same, maybe one or two people may be removed. So just kind of letting you know when you get to those approval steps, you will be able to see that approval as well. The other thing I wanted to point out was your hire workflow. These are those steps once that candidate has been referred to you, the steps that you would then need to take after that candidate has been referred. So once they've been referred over to you, the, from there you would move them into the interview process, then you have your background and reference checks, and that'll be before you make your offer and then move them to hire. So we'll be walking through these steps as well in my environment, just to kind of show you how that flow works. Perfect. So I'm going to go ahead and pop into my environment. So as you can see, very similar features. I may have a couple more items and tasks on here as this is my test account. To go ahead and create the requisition, we can go ahead and click on create the requisition. And before I do that, I do apologize. I actually want to show your requisition process as well, because this is going to be very important to let you know kind of those steps and everything that you will need to take. Uh, just going through mainly the fields because my system is set up a bit different. Uh, your HR team is taking a great deal to try to minimize the steps that you guys may have to do to create that requisition. I just want to kind of show you the additional fields and everything that you will need to complete. So when you first click on the create the requisition, it'll bring you into this screen here. All the fields that are marked with your asterisk are all those fields that will be required to be filled out. To complete the fields, they are type ahead fields. So if you want to type ahead, you can do that. And it'll pop up a list of the different areas that you can select from. You can also click on the magnifying glass over to the right. Select any department or division that may be assigned for the department that you're in that you will need to have that recruitment field for. And then that way your HR department will know what department is hiring. From there, you choose your job description. And then we'll choose our working title. Now, working title is very important, even though it doesn't have that red asterisk right there by it, it is very important because this is certainly the tile that will pop into your job posting so people will see. 
So as you have entering this information, that will be your business card title that you'd be able to enter right there. So then that way, when that job is posted, you'll see that on the job posting itself. Our desired start date, although not required, it is good to have just to kind of give you more of a quick glance of when somebody needs to be hired for. So no reporting features or functionality saying if you don't hire by that date, you get any warnings or anything. It's more so just for reporting and being able to look to see when you may need to have somebody hired. Your hiring managers as well. This is also type of head field feature. Or you can click on the list of names and you can select multiple hiring managers. So if there's multiple people that will be involved, you can select multiple names. These people will be involved in one capacity or another for the hiring process, maybe the interview process, maybe the reference and background checks, uh, maybe in the offer process. So if there's multiple people that will need to have hands in the process, you can assign multiple people. Next up are our job types. So the job types are just letting you know what type of job that you're hiring for, whether it be a full-time hourly with benefits, maybe a part-time hourly with no benefits, as well as your list type. Regular, promotional only, department promotional, regular promotional transfer. Typically, you'll be picking the regular positions. Once this, once again, this is just a reportable field, no functionality within this field as well. Just giving your HR team as much information as possible so they can go ahead and set up a job posting with minimal communication, get that job posting posted faster for you. You'll also see we have the number of vacancies. Once again, just a reportable field. If you put in three, the system won't tell you, hey, you haven't hired three people. If you put in one and hire three people, the system won't give you a warning saying, hey, you've hired too many. So just more so just a glance and let people know that's going to be approving the requisition, how many people that they're looking to hire for. Our next field here, we'll just go ahead and skip over. That won't be used for your agency, so we can skip right over that. Down below are what we call our custom form fields. These are the fields that your HR team has put into the system to make sure they can capture all the necessary information they need to get that job posted for you and get it posted faster. So then that way you can get people applying, get them hired through the steps as fast as possible. So you have your official classification title, our grade, your Oracle position number, your recruitment justification, how many hours per week, and the position number equals your position name. And that'll be something we'll get down to in just one second. Thank you. We also have appointment types. If it's going to be a temporary position, address of the location, vacancy announcements, you know, some of these fields aren't required. So, but if they you do have that information, you definitely want to make sure you put that in to complete as many fields as possible. So there won't be any questions on when it comes to posting that job. Your job summary, your minimum qualifications, your job contingencies, as well as if you want to include any supplemental questions or job specific questions that you're going to ask to get as much information on that candidate as possible to make that best decision that you need to fit your hiring process. If so, list of questions, as well as if you would like up to di different places that you'll have this position advertised to. Right now, you do have our government jobs account, and our government jobs account is somewhere once the job is posted, it goes out to our government jobs webpage, and we'll be going over that as well once I show you how to apply for a job as an applicant. And that is spread out through any NeoGov or anybody that has a government jobs account. So that's very handy because the job categories that are set up can send out alerts to people. So if somebody has alert for either a particular job or a particular job type, they can go ahead and subscribe to those. And once the job is posted, 
they will get an email letting them know that that job has been posted. So opening it up to a wider variety of applicants that can apply uh, to give you more candidates in the hiring process. Down below are our position details. Position details, once again, is going to be a reportable field, just letting you give as much information as possible. If it's a new position overall, you'll want to click yes here, and then you can go ahead and skip the add position details step. If not, if it's a replacement of somebody, you'll want to go ahead and click no there, and then click the plus sign to expand on this column. So when you're entering the information, your position number right in here, it'd be what you'll enter into the system to let you know um, what that position was, which would be your Oracle position name, as well as the date that the person did leave. The date the person left, as well as the first name and last name of the person that did leave. So if you do have multiple vacancies that you're actually hiring for, you can go ahead and add a secondary or maybe even third if there's multiple people that have left or you need to hire more than one person into this position just for record keeping purposes because this can come in handy later on in this in the process all right so i know we may have some questions around that we'll go ahead and look at the chat for those a little later but i'll go ahead and pop over into my environment now and then we'll walk through this process all right so once again we'll click on create a requisition over here to the right We've kind of walked through some of these fields already, so I'll go ahead and just create a fast one for us. For the position here, you don't have to worry about this. this on your account already, but it will be once you guys implement a couple other modules. This will be tied into what we call our onboarding module, which is that module um, that once an employee is hired, you will push them through to the onboarding platform to complete the onboarding paperwork and onboarding process. All right, so once you have completed, we'll go ahead and say, say and continue. This is where we were talking about a little bit before on those approval workflow. So in your approvals that will be needed, you will be able to see the steps right in here. And then that way you'll know who needs to approve these for you. Go ahead and save and continue. If there's any attachments that will be needed that you need to attach, you can go ahead and do that at this time. Maybe any supporting documentation that you may want to have to the HR team, just to give them a little more information on that requisition if you need to. Once we hit go ahead and submit, that will send an email over to the hiring managers, I'm sorry, to the HR team to let them know that there is an approval that's needed to that person that has that first level of approval. I'm gonna pack back over real quick into my dashboard. So if you are a part of that approval process, you will have a task on your dashboard to let you know that you need to go in to approve uh, something. So this one would be more so for our requisition. We can click on the title right here. From here is our approval process. So this is those requisition details that you've entered that can be very handy when somebody needs to approve a position. So the more information you enter, the easier it can be able to be viewed. And then that way, 
the person that needs to approve it can't have all the information at their fingertips. So it'll slow down the time that they may need to kind of go back and forth to ask for additional information. There's a couple of options. They can approve or deny. If they do deny, they do have to have the option to send it back. So with this first level of approval, it will go back to the person that created the requisition. If there's multiple levels, the person that is approving it can send it back to either the step before them, maybe they missed a step, or all the way back to the beginning to the hiring manager that has created that requisition to make sure that they can complete this requisition as needed and ask any clarification that may be needed to post this position. They also have the option for our comments. This would be very handy, especially when denying to let the person know that is receiving this requisition back that they will need to go in and complete additional information. Maybe they skipped the field or may just need to be a little more detailed in that field. Go ahead and click approve, then we'll go ahead and submit. So from your end at that point, that position has now been completed as far as the requisition. So there's no additional work that you would need to do as that hiring manager or that person that's creating that requisition at this time until that position is open and then you start getting candidates in. Your HR team will have a couple of steps in the background by creating the job posting in that recruitment folder, then that job can be posted out into, into the uh, job posting the government jobs, do apologize. From here, we can go ahead and apply for the jobs. So what we'll do now is I'll just stop sharing once again. We'll go into our government jobs account. This is where all those jobs will show that somebody can apply for. All right. So right in here, it'd be your government jobs account. This is personalized for Loudoun County. So they'll have pictures up here. They'll have some additional information up here. All the job opportunities that are current will show in this job opportunities section right up here. Just going over high level of what this page looks like. So over in the top left, you have your menu drop down. We can see the current job opportunities, also any job descriptions that are in the system. So these would be something that an applicant can see all the jobs that Loudoun County has to offer. Not the ones that are currently hiring for, but anyone that they may just have an interest in. So if somebody does have an interest in becoming an accountant, they can click on the link right here as the title, view what the information is, and they can subscribe to this particular job, meaning that once Loudoun County posts, posts for this account in one position or the position that they're subscribing to, they will get an alert from there. So this is going to be great for maybe even internal candidates, right? If you're looking to maybe change the department or looking to move to a different department, um, you can subscribe to any jobs that you would like to from there as well. The other option are job categories. Our job categories right in here are all those categories that will be attached to certain jobs. So if you're looking for jobs, maybe in accounting and finance, maybe it's just not that account in one position, anything in accounting and finance you're interested in, you can click to subscribe to that particular job category. So anytime a job is posted with that category attached, you will be notified of any jobs that are open at that time. Coming back to our job opportunities section, Here's where you can actually filter and sort. So if you would like to sort based off of the particular oldest to newest, job title, salary, you can go ahead and do that. So then that way you can see um, just the preference of the list of how you would like to view the positions in the job that are open. 
You also have this filter section here. So if you want to just filter on just different types of positions, maybe it's only full-time positions you're inter interested in, you can go ahead and click the filter there, as well as a couple other options as well. Maybe you're looking to move departments or something just within your department. You can select job opportunities within those different departments. If there's anything that's open at that time, it will filter and let you see that options for you to apply to. From here, to apply for the job, you will need to either create an account, and most likely you will, or you'd have to sign in. This is going to be for your applicants that will need to have uh, the ability to apply for a job. You will have to have a government jobs account to be able to apply. Okay. So now once that job has been posted and you have gone ahead and logged into the system, you've created your account, you can click to apply for the jobs. So when you click on the title for the job here, a lot of information looks the same as when we did for the class spec. You'll have your salary information, the job type, what department it is. You'll also have the opening date and closing date of time if it's not a continuous position. So just letting you know what time frame you need to apply for this job in between. We'll have the descriptions for the jobs right in here, as well as any benefits that will come along with that job and any supplemental questions that they may have to answer before they can be considered for an employment for this job. If they'd like to print the job description, they can go ahead and do that as well. What we'll do now is we'll go ahead and click this apply button at the top right. And this will take us into our application process. The very first time you log into your government jobs account, you will have the option to upload your resume. What that can help with is just kind of completing some of those necessary required fields, name, address, maybe work history, education history, just to kind of help the application process move a little faster. If you don't decide to do it or if the applicant does not decide to do it at the very first time and they choose to skip that step, they will not have the option to upload their resume to help complete the process anymore. Uh, they will have to go in to the different sections to complete them themselves. I've already pre-filled out a lot of information so we can kind of move through the process. You notice that this one already has that green check mark, meaning this area has been completed and you can move into that next step. The application fields may look a little different than what's on your account as well. So a lot of it is information as far as your work information, where you work, address, those different types of questions from there. Education levels. Any additional information, any certificates or licenses that they may possess, any additional skills, as well as any languages that they may speak, and any supplemental information, just that additional information that they may want to have the hiring manager know about them to give them, I would say, maybe a leg up on the other candidates, just letting you know maybe some additional information that may not be specified on the application process. From there, we'll have our references. If there's any references they would like to add, they can go ahead and add those right at that time as well. And then the attachments. So you notice this one, we do have a, on my account, I have it required for them to upload their resume. So if they choose not to upload a document at all and they click next, the system will let them know that they're going to leave this page. And then you'll see how that red exclamation mark comes up now. So letting the applicant know that there is a section that you have not completed that you will need to complete before you can apply for the job. Maybe they need to get the documents together. They want to come back, look over the supplemental questions, the agency-wide questions, letting them know 
are your current city employee. These will be different on your account as well. But these are those agency-wide questions, which are those overarching questions for that you'll need to have for basically any position that you're applying for. And then you have your supplemental questions, which are more of those specific job-specific questions right there. From there, if we try to proceed, it will let us go until we got down to certify. And then we'll have to come back because the system will not let us apply without attaching something here. I always like to point out, this is a system. So if you choose to upload any type of document, uh, the system will take that document within itself. But you want to make sure that when they do upload it, that you're reviewing it for any types of uh, document that make sure that document is correct. Go ahead and click next. See to review. This that last step, just looking over everything, making sure everything looks correct. Proceed and certify. So once they have gone through all the sections and everything has been completed, they will be able to accept the accept and submit, and just basically gives them the information by letting them know it by clicking on second accept and submit certify that every statement in here is true to the best of their knowledge they get the confirmation that the application has been submitted letting them know that what time it was submitted on as well as any information so thank you for submitting your application for employment so if there's any additional information that the hr team has put in here maybe some contact information like that if they have any questions on their applications they can go ahead and contact the people at that time or at that email address or phone number that's maybe listed it also lets them know if they'd like to check the status of any other applications that they have submitted they can come to into their government jobs account to check on those Once that application has been submitted, to come back and check on them, once they log back into the account, they can come up to the top right and click on their name and click on any app in the application section there. The applications that have been submitted, they will be able to see here, letting them know that the application has been submitted and has been received. There's also some other functionality around here when we get into different processes where they'll come back here and they'll have a link to schedule their own interview to view their offer letter as well. You'll also have an inbox up here. Inbox is more so just for government jobs. So there's notifications that can be sent out, uh, offer letters that can be sent out. And every time a notice is sent out, they can view it in their inbox if they log into their government jobs account. But they'll also get an email in their personal email that they have listed, as well as far as the, the notice that has been sent out. If they'd like to update their profile, maybe their name, address, work history, they can do that as well throughout the process. and we'll keep moving from there. So once the application has been submitted, excuse me, <clears throat> once the application has been submitted, that will go to the HR team, let them know the application has been received. There's gonna be some additional steps on their end that they'll be looking over some of this information. Once that information has been completed and they move them on to be viewed at by the hiring manager, they will be referred and be placed on the referred list which now gives the hiring manager the visibility to be able to see the candidates. So coming from here, we can click on the recruiting tab here. You notice I have a lot more going on, but kind of that information. So you look once again, just drafts in progress, approved and open. So once that candidate has been submitted to you, you can click on the candidate section right up here at the top. You'll also have a list of candidates that'll be down here below. 
we will go ahead and click on this fire engineer two position right here. I've kind of pre-filled out some areas so we can have a candidate to move through the process. So when you first come in, it will re automatically redirect you to the online hiring center. So if you don't have that drop down, don't worry. So as soon as you click on the candidate, the system will direct you whether you have that drop down or not. You'll have a candidate that has been referred over to you. To view the candidate's information, you will click on their name. That'll bring up a flyout window that'll bring up all their application information. So the name, address, everything they've completed on that application, even down to the attachments that they have attached. So giving you clear visibility of the applicant's information right from there. Any of the questions that may have answered as far as the agency-wide questions, any supplemental questions. If they provide any references, more so the electronic references, uh, this can be a feature that can be used later on where you can actually send an email out to references uh, electronically so they can go ahead and complete a questionnaire that could be built and be sent back electronically to you. So you won't have to pick up the phone and call sometimes, even though picking up that phone and calling brings up great dialogue because maybe you haven't gotten a complete answer on the question that they may have asked and you can kind of dive a little deeper. Any notices that may have been sent out as well as well as history, meaning approval processes and everything from there. There's a couple ways to be able to move the candidate through to the next step. So you'll have this option up here at the top right and this actions option here. We can move the person to an interview, which would be our next step up. If you want to move them straight from here, you could. The other way that you could is if you had multiple candidates listed here and you want to move multiple people at the same time, you would click on the checkbox next to their names select your action section here, and then move them into the next step right from there. All right, just letting us know, do we want to move them through? Yes, we do. I'd like to also point out the pie chart right in here. The pie chart is very handy as well because this can kind of break down how many people that have applied that have been referred and what steps they're in. So if we have people who are still in the referred step and then have people in the interview step, and maybe have some people in the background check step. This pie chart here will segment out and you will have different color codes and let you know how many people are in each step. You would be able to click on that direct section and it'll take you into the area where those candidates are housed. Now that we're in the interview step, you can notice you can still click on the name to view any information. If you have any application information, maybe you wanna look for email address or a phone number. The real feature that we wanted to point out today was our self-scheduling feature. So right now you see that this candidate is unscheduled. To schedule the candidate, as a hiring manager, you do have the ability to customize your workflow and customize your interview step. This is gonna be very handy because what you can do from here is you can set up an interview schedule based off the dates and times that will be available for you for you to be able to conduct these interviews. Once the candidate is moved into position, if you have it to display to the candidate as here, if they were to go back and check their government jobs profile, they will be able to see that they've been moved into that interview step. We'll also have our raters right in here as well. So any people that will have to have a hand in this process for being a rater of this candidate, you can go ahead and add. So you can have multiple people as well, or you can just have the one. How they will be rated based off of past fill, star rating percentage. Once that has been completed, we go ahead and hit save and continue. 
this is going to move us into our scheduling feature. This is something that you want to come in to do as you're starting to move people into this interview step or maybe right before you move people in, taking a look at your calendar, just setting up some dates and time that you would like to conduct interviews on. To be able to set up your own interview slots, you just toggle on right here. We'll also now get a second option to allow the candidate to self-schedule, which is a great feature um, because a lot of times this kind of helps, even though you're configuring the dates and times that are available for you, this candidate now has options of when they may be able to make it in. A lot of times if you're calling with saying, hey, we would like to interview on January 31st at two o'clock, they may call back and say, hey, I'm not available. Um, do we have another time? This can alleviate a lot of that back and forth by letting the candidate self-schedule their own interviews from the dates and time that you have selected. You would select the location of where this interview will be placed. So if it's going to be at any particular location, you can do that. A question did come up on one of the last calls. If, if you're able to have like virtual interviews, you are able to, and we'll talk about that a little later as well, when we're kind of getting into the notice when you have to self-schedule that interview for the candidate. Let's select location. And then the dates and times of the interviews that you'd like to have. You can select multiple dates. If you do select multiple dates, always keep in mind that, that those dates will have to have the same time frame. Um, so if you want to have maybe morning interviews on the 30th and afternoon interviews on the 31st, you would have to create two separate schedules. We'll just go ahead and put everything for tomorrow. We'll say these interviews are going to be in the morning, so we'll have 8 a.m. We'll end the last one at 12 p.m. How long the interviews will be. We'll say each one is going to be 30 minutes as well as time slots in between. I always like to call this that walking in and walking out time, maybe debriefing kind of, if you, especially if it's a panel interview, just kind of going over some notes and things like that before that next person is scheduled to walk into the door. The next thing I would like to point out is if you are letting the candidates self-schedule their own interview, this self-schedule deadline is a big feature and very helpful um, because this can help you decide before you have to come in that next day, who you have to interview on that day of those interview schedules that you have set up. So by choosing the 30th, which is our same date of our interview, somebody could come in on the day of the interview and schedule an interview. Kind of throwing you off a little bit. Maybe you didn't think you had an interview at 10 o'clock, but somebody may have came in at nine o'clock and scheduled an interview, so you wouldn't be expecting them to show up. So the best thing to do for this one is always have your self-scheduled deadline to myself at least one business day before. So then that way, nobody be able to schedule a interview on the day of the interview. So it gives you the availability to let you know who your interviews are on that day that you'll be coming in to interview those candidates. We have our current time slots right in here that are available. If you want to add any breaks in, we can do that as well. So let's say we're just going to add in one break in here. Start at 10 o'clock. We'll end it at 10.15. And you'll see that the system has automatically adjusted the additional time slots after to account for that break. So this is very helpful because in that way you don't have to worry about, oh, I need to go to lunch and the break already be scheduled for you. So you have that freedom to just go about and go to lunch or take a break at that time and then come back. From here, you'll also receive email confirmations. The raters that were assigned can see and get an email letting them know that they have an interview that has been scheduled, who the person is, the date, time and location that they'll be interviewed at and on. Once that is set up, we'll hit save and close. 
moving back to the candidate now. So coming back into our candidate section here, couple options. If you would like to schedule the interview for the candidate, you can do that. You just click on the unscheduled link right in here, select the location, and it'll present all the times that you presented to be able to uh, have this interview conducted on, on January 30th. The other option is once you have set up your schedule and you have somebody in this interview set, you would want to click on the checkbox next to their name. It would want to send them a notice. Because even though we moved them into the step, the system won't automatically send the candidate a notice letting them know that they have been moved into that interview step. So we need, do need to let them know. We would select the notice template that we would want to use. So for this one, we're going to say self-scheduled interview notice. And you'll notice that the information in the populate with today's date, the position title, the applicant's first name. This has been configured by your HR department as well to fit the needs of Loudoun County to make sure that you guys have this self-scheduled interview notice that you can send out to those candidates. Let them know where to go to go ahead and click on their profile to self-schedule. This is also that option. Maybe if you're going to do a, a virtual interview or something like that, you can put in additional information because you can override the notice template that's in here. It maybe say, hey, well, this one won't be at the location, but here's the link for this interview. So they'll already have that information in their notice when they go ahead and schedule the interview. Once we go ahead and hit send, it will send the applicant a notice. Just let them know that they have been scheduled for this interview. I'm sorry, let them know to go ahead and self-schedule. If I was the applicant and I just received that notification, I would be able to come back in here, log back into my government jobs account. And then we'll click on the application section. From here, you notice now that I have this link to schedule my own appointment. I can pick the date, dates and times that will be configured by the hiring manager. I'll go ahead and confirm. From there, let's know that the schedule has been confirmed and they can add it to their calendar, Google Outlook calendars from there. Once that has been scheduled, We'd come back in. I'm going to refresh for testing purposes because we are doing a lot of clicking today. Typically, these will be days apart from each other. So when you log back in, the system would have automatically refreshed itself for you. Then you can actually see who's scheduled on what day and time. So if you have a list of candidates here, and if you would like to print out a list, you can do that right from here by exporting to a CSV. And it will populate the dates, uh, the names, and the dates and times, and everything on this section right in here that they will see. This to be more for the hiring managers if you want to have that list of people in front of you as you're going into that first interview. After that interview has been conducted, you want to come back to rate the candidate, you will come back and log into the system and you'll click on the rating section over here. You'll click to edit the rating. Right now I have mine set up as a star rating. Once I have the system and have my notes and everything compiled, I can go ahead and put those in the rater comments here. There's also an option to add rating criteria in a previous step, which lets you know uh, how you should rank the candidate and how many stars you should give for those different ratings that you're doing. As you move across, you can go ahead and highlight the stars from there. By clicking on them, the system will automatically let you know, depending on how many stars you've selected, whether the candidate has passed or failed. And this will be criteria that the HR team will pass over to you to let you know how many stars and everything and what those stars will mean as you're going through that interview process. So we'll go ahead and pass this candidate right on through.
So after the candidate has been passed, you notice that the rating has changed the past as well. So from here, it's kind of almost what I like to call that rinse and repeat method. So now we'll go to that next step. After they pass that interview, we'll click on the checkbox next to their name. We'll have the action section, and then they'll move into the background and reference check section. You notice the pie chart color change colors, letting me know that I had somebody now in this step. So I can click on the pie chart there. The other way to get to it is if you click on the drop down right in here, you can click on the individual steps and get to the same area. From here is when you conduct that background and reference check. If you're going to pick up a phone and call your references, if you want to a quick, quick look at the references, you can click on their name, go to the reference section. Uh, maybe if they've attached the references, then at that time you have to go back and go to their attachment section to view what references they have listed. Once the electronic references are kind of built, you can have the option to come in here to get the contact information here. So if somebody has provided reference information in that reference section in the application template, that information could populate here to give you that information to go ahead and reach out to that reference. Once again, once this, once this has been completed, you can go ahead and click on the ranking. This one would be more so of a pass-fail step because either you pass the background, pass the resumes, I mean references, or you don't. And then from there, we'll notice that they have passed. So we'll move them on to our next step from there. So from here, our next step after our refer, I'm sorry, after our background check would be to move them to offer. Once you move the candidate into the offered step, you will get the flyout screen with a couple of details that you have to complete as well. This is going to be very useful as well for any approval that will be needed on the next step, just to let them know what the offer information is. Once again, the position information right in here. This you won't have to enter just yet until onboarding has been completed. So you start off with your offer date right in here in this section, what date that we're making the offer, what the offer is, how much we would like to pay them, what the frequency is from there. After that, if there's any bonuses attached or the expected start date of when we'd like them to start. Any comments that you would like to make on that offer, you can go ahead and do that at that time as well. And we did see that the offer step did have uh, approvals as well. So any approvals that will be needed will have to be shown here and will have to be completed. This time, I'd like to turn it back over to Angie for just a quick step, I mean, quick second, so she can review your process. Thanks, Dovi. Yeah, so um, like I mentioned previously, we are going to be using the salary worksheet process um, in NeoGov as well, and this is where we will be doing that. So um, currently you are, if a salary worksheet is required, um, therefore the position being offered is midpoint or above, um, you're sending the salary worksheet to class and comp through an email. Um, we are asking that instead of doing that, you are going to, on the offer information, the first step there, the um, first page, that you would put the information that you would want to offer the um, candidate on that first page. In the comments box, you would put any information that you would typically put in the email to class and comp. 
whether it be you know justification or um, equity information, whatever kind of information that you would normally put in that email, you would put in that comments box of the first page. Um, and then on the third page of this offer approval form is an area for you to put attachments. And that is where you would simply upload the salary worksheet document that has been signed by the department director. Um, and then the offer approvals or the approval step, that second step there, um, it would go to class and comp then. Um, and then they would, of course, review the salary worksheet, make any changes, adjustments, things like that on that form that they would need to, and then they would attach it and send it back to you. Um, and this is a really great feature that we're excited to offer because, again, it's going to really limit the amount of systems that we're in. Um, and at that, that same um, process is going to be traveling through with that person the entire time. So you'll be able to see their entire life cycle in the NeoGov system, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, so that is essentially the salary worksheet process approval, how we're implementing it in NeoGov. Um, just something to note, because it has come up quite a bit, is that nothing about the salary worksheet approval process itself is being changed. So all of the same stipulations, if it's an internal movement, if it's you know over mid, those things will need to be sent to class and comp for approval. Um, but you know, if it's at min or what have you, then obviously you would just delete out that step. That doesn't have to be sent for approval. But so nothing about the approval process itself is being changed, just the mechanism that we're using to send it for approval. Um, yeah, so really exciting, um, exciting stuff that we're able to use the system for that. Awesome, thank you, thank you, Angie. Uh, perfect, so once you guys have completed and attached all the information that needs to be done, you'll hit save and submit. I'm gonna jump back over to my approval levels real quick, just for time's sake, we're running a little short, so I'm gonna go ahead and delete that one so we can go ahead and move through. Go ahead and save and submit. Once again, we see that the pie wheel has changed. So to view them, we can click on the pie chart again to bring up our candidates from here. Now you'll notice in our status section over here, the offer has been approved. So now we have the option to send the e-offer. So sending an electronic offer to the candidate. This is an option if you'd like to have an offer letter go out, that'd be a great offer to do that. But you can also always stay, feel free to still pick up that phone, right? You want to have that personal touch. You may be able to call them off the position. A lot of times that excitement in the personal touch when you're talking to somebody offering them a position is great to have. And then maybe just finish off letting them know, hey, go back out to your government jobs account. I'm going to send you over an offer letter and a notice. Please just go ahead and log into your government jobs account and go ahead and accept the offer. That way, once they do have that offer letter signed, that will be housed in the system for you to have for your records and the applicant will have a record for themselves as well. We'll go ahead and click this in the e-offer. So this is giving us our offer details again, let us know what information that we need to do. So the offer date was on the 30th. Say we want the information back no later than the second. It also pulls over the amount and the frequency. The comment section here would just be internal. So if you did add any comments here, this would not be exposed to the applicant. We'll go ahead and click next. So then if you have multiple offer letters that you have the ability to select from, those would have populate here. We're going ahead and click the general one here. Once again, you'll see the merge fields right in here. Everything highlighted in yellow. It's information that's already housed in the system that the system will automatically pull in to pre-populate. So if you want to look to see how that would look, you can click on the sample of the candidate. 
and we'll give you the information of how that letter will look as that candidate will see it. If you want to attach anything for that candidate, you can go ahead and click the override button down here. If you want to make any adjustments maybe to the offer letter, you can do that as well. Click the upload any attachments right there that they may want to have go along with that offer letter. Go ahead and click save. This is a two-part section. So this offer letter here is physically the letter that the candidate will see that they will have to accept and sign for. The next thing we have to do is let the candidate know, on maybe on that phone call, hey, you're going to get a notice. Here's where we'll go ahead and select the notice that we want to send out. Once again, just congratulating them on the offer. I let them know where to log into and how to accept the offer right from there. We'll go ahead and click send e-offer. Once again, these notifications are going out to the applicant as well, so they will have the ability to see that email. And once they do get that email, they'll know they need to log in to their government jobs account. And then let you know to go to their in, to the application section. So if they ever want to come into their inbox, they could. They could see any notifications that may have been sent to them as well. So this is the notification that we just sent just now. Here's the one for the self-scheduling. So these notices that they have received are housed here as well as they will be have get personal emails for them as well. Once they have logged in, you go into the application section. They'll click on the offer letter right in here. Same information we just kind of viewed. So for the applicant to go ahead and accept the offer, they would have to come down. They'd have to click on please sign. The system do an auto-generated auto email, or they can draw a signature right in here. I'm not really good at drawing with the mouse, so I always go with the auto-generated ones. And then from here, they would click save. Now that would give them the ability to hit accept. So the main things I see that could come up if you get any questions for an applicant is they always have to click on please sign and then save before they can accept the offer. If they ever get any questions saying, I can't accept the offer uh, when I'm trying to do it online. They also have the option to reject right in here, giving them any reasons of maybe why, maybe they thought the hourly amount or something like that may have been a little different, or just anything that they may not have really agreed with in the letter that they're seeing there. We're going to say everything looks good, so we're going to go ahead and accept the offer. Once that offer has been accepted, emails will go back out as well, letting you know the offer has been accepted, so you can be able to act on the candidate right again from there. Thank you so much for accepting the offer. After they have accepted the offer, you come back in the system. You notice now this is says accepted. Your e-offer letter will be contained right here. So if you click on e-offer right from there, you will be able to see the offer letter that the client did, I'm sorry, the applicant had. That time, if you would like to save it, you could do that. Maybe it needs to go to another file or be placed in another hard file somewhere. You can have the option of doing that, saving it as a PDF. And after that step, our next step is just to move them to hire. So once again, we're going to rinse and repeat. Click on the checkbox next to their name, click on the actions, and then we're now going to move them to hire. Have another similar screen. So our similar screen looks very similar to that offer screen. Um, the notice that you see here is I have the offer date of January 30th, but I have a date that the offer was accepted. It should be accepted by January 29th. So that has to be after. So we'll go ahead and just update that to the 31st. So the offer date was on the 30th was accepted on the 31st. We'll click on when we need the applicant to start. Orientation date, if there will be any orientations that will be needed. And our field date. Field date is going to be that date that the position has been filled on. 
Uh, sometimes it's the date that the offer was accepted. Sometimes it may be on the date that they physically start working. This toggle here for active on the eligible list, we would leave this one off typically. And then the reason why is because if this applicant has been hired and may not work out, you don't want to place them back into the eligible list of the eligible candidates that are still not eligible for this job. If something hasn't worked out for this particular job, maybe they shouldn't be, uh, be considered to be rehired for this job. But placing them on the eligible list will keep them in that pool of candidates that are still able to be hired for this job. So we'll leave that toggle off. Any comments that you may want to have? Save continue. There will be approval steps on your end, so those will pop up here. Once again, save and continue from there. Any attachments that you may want to add? And after that, we'll save and submit. So a lot of the steps are repeated, and a lot of the steps as we're going through um, will be days apart from each other, sometimes weeks apart from each other. So don't think about how much clicking we've done today because we've done this whole hiring process that could take weeks up to a month sometimes uh, within an hour. So uh, always be mindful of that, that it seems like a, lot, like a lot of clicking now, but it's actually not too much as you're chunking it out as you're going through the different applicants. Now that you've hired the candidate in your system, there will be one more step that your HR department would have to complete, which is authorizing the hire. But your portion at this time would have been completed. So you would have nothing else to worry about moving forward. Everything else now goes to your hiring manager, I'm sorry, your HR department from there. So now we've shown you kind of that requisition process all the way through to hiring somebody. I know it was kind of fast. That's why I love these are always recorded. You can always go back to these and listen to any areas that you may need a little more information on. Or maybe if it was a couple of clicks as you're going through hiring somebody like, wait, I didn't quite get where we had to do next. You can refer to the video. The other option you will have is on the OHC side. You will have this option underneath your drop down name here. You click on the help help section right in here. This will take you over to the Online Hiring Center Help Center. So if you want to download the guide, you can go ahead and do that. There's also some videos right down here at the bottom as well that you can kind of walk through the overview, creating the requisition, approving or denying. The refer list action items, basically moving them through that hiring process that we walked through as well, and approving or denying a hire. So these resources will always be available to you. As long as you have access into the system, you will have access to that help section here that will bring you into these sections right in here. Depending on your access level, you may have the OHC dropdown. If you don't, you can still access that same thing from your dashboard right in here. Click on the dropdown next to your name and clicking on the help section right in here. So that kind of brings us to the end of our demo for today. So I'd just like to thank everybody for that. Um, thank you all for any questions that pop up. We will go ahead and get to those. We will have one more training session tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Eastern. So if it's something you like, I just want to kind of hop back on for a little bit, feel free. Or if it's something that you are like, okay, I have enough, <laughs> you don't have to join, but we will have one more session for tomorrow. At this time, I'd like to thank everybody for walking through the demo. And now we'll start to view any questions that may have come into the chat. And maybe if you want to raise your hand or just unmute to ask any questions that you may have as we're going through the presentation as well, please feel free, feel free to do so at this time. Thanks, Dovi. Um, so it is Angie. I am going to go ahead and just start answering some of the questions that are in the chat. Um, and then if that prompts anybody else 
any other questions, please feel free um, to either type them or you can raise your hand and ask them verbally. Um, so Matt asked, will the current job descriptions we have in job apps be imported into this system? Um, so currently we don't actually have job descriptions in job apps, but if you are referring to like the job postings, um, the job postings that are in job apps are not going to be automatically transferred over into the NeoGov system. Um, you should be working very closely with workforce planning at this time to determine which um, job postings will be closed out completely um, or which jobs will need to be reposted in the NeoGov system. So um, there was communication that went out regarding dates and things like that as to what needs to be closed out and when, um, but that is not an automatic transfer from job apps to NeoGov. We're trying to be very strategic with the job postings that we're reopening in NeoGov. Um, so that is not a, just an automatic thing. So hopefully that answers your question. Um, Emily asked, will the OPM be verified, meaning will the vacancies be verified through Oracle? Um, so if you're referring to OPM being verified on the requisition form, it will be the same process for when a department submits the auth to recruit. So we will be verifying the OPM that they enter on the requisition. We'll be verifying that against the vacancy report. Um, so it's not something that will kind of be like systems won't talk per se, but workforce planning will be verifying the OPN is correct in on the requisition form, um, just the same way we do now. Um, and then Alice asked, can we add a second round of interviews? And the answer to that is yes. That is the um, really great feature about that hire workflow that uh, Adobe had showed you. It's very customizable. Um, so if you have a requisition that may have you know, one more step than your normal process does, you can add that and name it and everything. Um, so just like Dobia is showing you here, you can add a step, um, you can rename a step. Um, it's, it's very customizable. And you can, so you can do your second interview or you could do a phone screening in there. Um, so yes, to answer your question. Um, where does the salary worksheet come into play? So we did answer that question. And then Ronald asked, will our respective department HR liaisons still be responsible for submitting the salary worksheet or will that fall on the hiring manager now? So we are leaving that at kind of department discretion. Of course, if the HR liaisons kind of own that process right now and, and the department wants to keep it that way, then they can, of course, log into the system and initiate that offer approval step, um, they will be able to see any of the steps that any of the requisitions are in. So they will be able to go in and, you know, change the candidate from interviewed to offered the same way a hiring manager would. Um, we do currently have the department director uh, or the, I'm sorry, the HR liaison, the department director, and then class and comp as the approval workflow for that step. So if the hiring manager did submit it, it would have to go to the HR liaison for approval. Um, however, if the HR liaison submits it, they do have the ability to delete out that approval step that requires the HR liaison to approve it. So HR liaisons do have the ability to delete out workflow steps if they need to. 
Um, so that is kind of um, department discretion of how they would like to manage that. Um, same thing goes with the requisition. Ultimately, you know, we were thinking that the hiring manager could definitely fill that out and then it goes to the HR liaison for approval and review. But if that's something that the department wants to keep with the HR liaison, that can absolutely be kept with the HR liaison. So department discretion on that one. Um, follow up to that, which may have been mentioned, but that was a lot of information in a short time. Yes, I agree. Um, but once posting is created, when or will it continue to exist as a template? We frequently post for the same positions a lot. Um, sorry, my screen just moved. We frequently post for the same positions a lot in the job description, salary range, et cetera. So it's just it's the same, just with a different position number. So no, it's not. A temp, it won't be a template. You will have to enter the information each time. Um, what I do suggest, though, is you know you will have that requisition kind of in your system. And Dovi, I don't know if you're able to go to this area where if you're on the requisition, you're reviewing it, and you can kind of click print, and it prints to PDF. Um, so this would be my suggestion is if, you know, you do have a position that you're posting very similar, you could do this sort of situation where you bring it up in another window and then you can just copy and paste, you know, any information that's in there. So, um, that is what I would suggest in this case, because, you know, it, it's, there's not going to be a template per se where you can just kind of autofill the information in. Um, and we are requiring requisitions to be put in for, you know, even if it's a temporary position that's gone through the temp approval process, things like that. So that's the, the difference with um, what we're currently doing, where I know some positions don't require an HR. Um, this would have to be done for any position that you want to go on the website. Um, so hopefully that answers your question and gives you a kind of an easier option that you can you can utilize for positions that are similar. Uh, do we have to submit the new employee action form? Yes, you still, so nothing is changing with EAs at all. Um, once we get into the NeoGov onboard module, which is um, maybe like a month plus a little um, down the road, then there may be some change to EA process, but currently right now, um, EA process is the same. You'll still use the same new hire um, EA as well as the Laserfish EA for any other um, movement. So I know that right now there is a, a couple fields that get transferred over from job apps into the new hire EA where that will have to be entered manually. I know it's just like maybe five fields, um, but like I said, very soon when we roll out the onboard process, that may eliminate you know, any sort of manual entry that you'd have to do now that you, or that you will have to do with NeoGov that you're not doing now. So um, there is more coming for sure. Um, what are the user roles you will begin with? What are the user roles? So, uh, Stephen, do you want to maybe put your mic on? What I want a little bit more clarification on your question. Angie, I think you might be talking about security access. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm thinking as well, like maybe versus yeah, HR liaison versus hiring manager. Correct. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So, do you mean what do you mean begin with though? 
Uh, you're going to have when you start the process, you're going to have different user roles for different. Uh, what hiring managers is one. Um, HR liaison is another one. Is that yeah. what? Okay, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's department discretion on if the department wants the HR liaison to enter the requisition or if they are okay with the hiring manager entering the requisition. Oh, okay, okay. Yep, so I mean, it is the way that we'll have the approval steps laid out. It is accessible for the hiring manager to actually enter all that information. Um, and then the HR liaison would just kind of do a, a once over look over it make sure everything looks good and approve it um but if the department would prefer that stick with the hr liaison then that absolutely can um you know stay with them and then the hiring manager wouldn't have to do that process and they could just jump in after the requisition has been approved and posted okay thank you yeah Something that is also really exciting that we don't really mention when we're going through the process is I know right now the HR liaison does have to send the referral to hiring managers um, once you know the list has been compiled. So something really awesome in NeoGov is that you don't have to, um, the HR liaisons won't have to do that. So once HR screens the applications um, and puts them on a referral list, they will be immediately accessible to the hiring managers. Um, all right, Matt, we also have first and second round interviews in our agency. Current process is virtual first rounds and in-person second rounds. Will we be able to have an option for scheduling both in the system? Yeah, absolutely. So um, like I mentioned previously with that higher workflow, you would just add another step and maybe your first step is called um, virtual interview and your second step is called in-person interview um, but the self-scheduling feature it will be accessible regardless of if it's a first second in-person virtual whatever it may be um, yeah so that's absolutely accessible for you and angie it's rhonda i'd like to add i believe in one of our previous sessions that came up and we were able to confirm that uh, we can put a link in that first round virtual um interview for the applicant yep. to uh click on and attend the uh the interview yep absolutely and something that i thought was really cool was that if you have raters that are also in neogov and they'll be like you can send them send the you can make the system send them an email when somebody schedules um they can actually just add it right to their calendar which is really great so not only can the candidate add it to their calendar the raters who are going to be on your panel or the hiring managers, whatever, can add it right on their calendar from NeoGov as well. So just really, really cool, um, cool feature. Uh, Ronald, we will be able to see or will we be able to see the names of the candidates that did not make it through the HR initial screening process? So no, um, that will remain the same as it is currently. So HR will screen for minimum qualifications um, and any Candidates who meet the men calls will be sent over to the hiring manager. Mm -hmm. So Angie, I also yeah. like to add just a little bit onto that um, response. One of the things that I believe workforce planning um, is gonna be doing is when we get these ads uh, requisitions approved, reaching out to the department and um, the hiring supervisors and having a, a discussion 
um, about the ad is we put the ad in the system and get it posted for into NeoGov. Um, having those discussions with regards to the type of skill sets that they're looking for, making sure the ad re appropriately represents the, the job that we're hiring for, and to have these one-on-one -on -one conversations with our hiring managers with what type of skill sets are we looking for. So as we screen those applications, we're able to um, look for those skill sets on the app, and then we can um, make notations for our hiring managers. Perfect. And then um, Carolyn McCarthy asked, you know, when the timeline for rolling this out will be and when we'll be, be able to log into our own dashboard on NeoGov. Um, Carolyn, so the go live date is actually February the 5th. So on February 5th, all links that are job apps related will be changed to NeoGov. Um, so NeoGov will be our official um, career webpage that people can apply through. Um, so that will be February 5th. Um, and then as far as when you will be able to log into your own dashboard, we are activating people as they attend training. So um, the people that have previously attended training, they will be activated um, very early this week. Um, and then so we have training today and then tomorrow and you guys will be activated a little bit towards like the middle of the week. Um, everyone will be getting an email when they're activated with that uh, single sign on link where you will be able to access your dashboard from there. Um, we also just speaking of going live on February 5th. I know we briefly talked about training resources and things like that. Um, that week also will be the start, the launch of our um, learning labs is what we're calling them. So we will be over at the learning center um, in the technology room and workforce planning will be there twice a week, every week in February, as well as believe it's every other week in March, um, we will be sending out those dates to everybody. Um, and we'll be there for about four hours out of at a time where if anybody needs help, you know, walking through a requisition or wants to ask a specific, you know, question related to their department or just any sort of functionality related to the new app contracting system, you know, we will be there to answer any questions that anybody might have. So those dates are coming your way as well, but they will start on February 7th. Um, do we no longer have to code the applicants as interviewed, not hired, et cetera? Can we send multiple notices at one time to candidates that were not interviewed? So you would essentially code the applicants based on like where they are in the process step. That's kind of how they would get coded. So you have like, you'll have a, a group of applicants maybe staying in the uh, reviewed step. And then maybe at the end of your process, you want to send all the people that are staying in the reviewed step that you haven't interviewed or anything like that. You want to select all of those people and send them the thanks but no thanks email. That's kind of how you would do that. Um, so you don't technically have to like code them, but they'll they'll kind of be coded based on the notice they're getting um, and where they're at in the process. I don't know, Dovey, can you share that? area perhaps mm -hmm. again like with the pie yeah. chart yeah i think sure. the drop i think the drop the drop down um also adobe might yeah the hot the actions and the higher i think that would be helpful yeah yeah and, then, there, and there is a move to rejected too so like if you are screening applicants and you you know 
you find somebody and you're just like, there's no way I want to even enter this interview this person, you can select them there and move them mm -hmm. right to the rejected mm -hmm. area. And then at the end of your process, if you want to send a notice to all of the rejected, you can do that. Mm -hmm. And HR has been working to put templates in the system. So we've got some standard templates already in the system. Um, so one of the things that we are really encouraging our supervisors and managers to do with NeoGov is the system has the functionality to communicate effectively with our applicants throughout the entire process. So it's really quite fabulous. Um, so as a result, we have um, put these template notices in there. So as you move folks through the process, um, you have the capability to send notices to those who are not moving forward, to those who are gonna be interviewed, et cetera, to those who've been selected. Um, Etc. So we've tried to to add um, multiple templates in there for you to easily communicate with your applicants where they're at in the process. So they may not be a a, a good fit for the job that you have uh, in your department, but maybe they're a really good fit for the organization somewhere else. So this is an opportunity for us as an organization to keep our potential you know applicants candidates engaged in our process. So if they have a really good experience, I mean, ultimately that's our goal is to give them a good candidate experience that they would be um, interested in continuing to search for other opportunities for allowed and then apply for other jobs. So that's one of our, our major, um, I think, huge wins in functionality is the ability to communicate effectively with our applicants throughout the process. Awesome. Were there any other questions that anybody had? You can either turn your mic on and shout them out or chat them up. Going once, twice. Okay, well, like I said, there are going to be plenty of opportunities for you to reach out to us or one on one time with us if you have questions in the future. We're really, really excited. Um, we know this is a lot of information, but um, more to come regarding training and resources that you can use as well. Thank you all for attending and thank you Dovi for walking us through and this awesome presentation. And yeah, if that is, nobody has any questions, then we will go ahead and let you go. Awesome. Thanks everyone. Have a thank great you. day. You're welcome. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye.